my whole mindset changed to, I can do this. And that's interesting. When you change cultures, you see life differently, you see the world differently. Found out all your failures were your setup for your successes. You learned a lot about what not to do. Welcome to another episode of Success Through Failure. This is your host, Jim Harshaw Jr. And today I bring you Rudy. That's right, the Rudy from the movie, the actual guy, the subject of the movie. His name's Daniel Rudiger, goes by Rudy, of course. A little bit of background, if in case you've been living under a rock for the last 20-some years, here's the story of Rudy. Against all odds on the gridiron in South Bend, Indiana, Daniel Rudy Rudiger, in 27 seconds, carved his name into the history books as perhaps the most famous graduate of Notre Dame. He's the son of an oil refinery worker in the third out of 14 kids. He rose from the valleys of discouragement and despair to the pinnacles of success. Today, he's one of the most popular motivational speakers in the United States. When you say the word Rudy, the name Rudy, everybody just knows what you mean. I mean, this, this guy is known by everyone, anybody who's a sports fan, anybody who's a movie fan. Fascinating story. It took him years of fierce determination to overcome obstacles and criticisms, but he achieved his first dream, and that was attending Notre Dame and playing football for the Fighting Irish. And he got in for the last play of the game and made a sack, which was just fascinating. He got carried off the field. He's the only player in the school's history to be carried off the field on his teammates' shoulders. Then, after that, he got this seed planted in his head about making the movie. And Rudy shares with us the adversity, the roadblocks, the success through failure story that was his story just to get onto the team, just to get into the school, but then actually getting the movie made every roadblock, he overcame them. A fascinating insight into the story that we all know, that we all love, that we're familiar with. And Rudy, this is the real guy in his own words. Give this episode a share. You know people who would absolutely love this interview. So give this episode a share. Text somebody. Tell them, hey, check out the latest episode of Success Through Failure with Rudy. That's the way this thing grows. That's the way I'm able to bring on these great guests like this by telling them, hey, we've got a great audience, a great listenership. It all comes down to you and I growing this thing together. So thank you for your help. Let's get into my interview with Daniel Rudiger, otherwise known as Rudy. Rudy, what did Notre Dame football mean to your family growing up? If you look at Notre Dame, the most storied school in the country, football-wise, it's how we grew up as Catholics, and that was the school to go to if you really wanted to be. You know, this is selfish in a way. Somebody, I think anybody could be anybody. You don't have to go to Notre Dame to be somebody, but we believe if you went to Notre Dame, you could be somebody big and be part of that that tradition and that aura and playing football there was like, I don't know, it was almost like going to heaven. And that's how we felt. But they made everybody feel only special people go there and great athletes go there and special students, smart students. And that's what held me back for years with Notre Dame. Even though it gave me hope when they won, I became a great fan of Notre Dame. But it was like a star the dream was so real to me, but the star was so far away. So it was an impossible dream for me. It was not possible. It was third in my academic class from the bottom, so that wasn't going to go anywhere. And I was a good football player, 
but not the quality football player they're looking for in my size and everything. So I'm not a Notre Dame candidate academically or athletically. So so why chase the dream? Why even attempt something that, like in your own words, I mean, in every realistic, common sense person would think, why even try? Well, I watch a lot of sports movies that came out and a lot of inspirational movies. And all those people who chased their dreams had talent. I didn't have any talent. <laughs> so I was against all the odds where they had at least a shot because they had some skill and talent. But here's the secret. I call the golden egg. If you buy into this, it's a pretty incredible deal. If you look at yourself from the inside out, not from the outside in, life changes. There's a couple of things I talk about that coaches miss a lot. They look at skill and talent, and they never look at heart. And heart's the key. And they always comment on the kid who has heart or the movie Rocky. He, he didn't belong in the boxing ring, but yet his heart took him there because he prepared, thinking he believed he belonged there too once he got that second chance. He had no right to think that unless someone gave him a second chance. So second chances are important, even for the underdog type of guy. And that's what I had, a second chance. I think my Catholic bringing up from middle school to grade school to high school, and if you were going to go to Notre Dame, you better get the grades. But if you don't have the grades, you better go to work. So I went to work, and that blue collar, it's not a dishonorable place to be, but yet that's not where I wanted to be. You pack your lunch bucket every day, you go to work. <laughs> and that's where Notre Dame was. You listen to Notre Dame games every weekend, very loyal to that. If they won, you had a great week. If they lost, you had a bad week. And I saw that affected the mindset of a lot of people in my parish where I went to school and church. And uh, Notre Dame was a big thing. So you were looked up to if you went to Notre Dame. And, you know, my dad worked three jobs. He was, my goodness, I don't know how he did it, but he might raise 14 kids, my mother and he. They were very selfless in their life because they worked for the kids, for us. And they made sure they were part of all our activities. And I saw that. I said, well, he needs, I said, if I can give my dad a hope and dream, wouldn't that be awesome to give him? But that was like a far-fetched idea. But when you get inspired during your process, when I made the decision going go in the Navy, my whole mindset changed to I can do this. And that's interesting when you change cultures. You see life differently. You see the world differently. Found out all your failures were your setup for your successes. You learned a lot about what not to do. Yeah. So you believe in that, that the philosophy of, you know, the name of this podcast is success through failure. I mean, you endured so many failures along this path to achieving this, like you said, impossible dream. I mean, failure had to be part of that process. There was no straight line. 100%. I think if you talk to any athlete or anybody that built a dream, failure was part of that journey. And you have to know how to handle failure. How do you handle failure? Because in, in the movie, they say you were rejected three times from Notre Dame and you got in on the fourth and final try. But how did you keep rebounding from those? Yeah, but that wasn't even about getting rejected. That didn't bother me. What bothered me was, are they going to listen to me? And when I go back to what more do I need to do, just tell me. Don't tell me I can't come here. Tell me what I need to do to get here. And why aren't you putting me here? What's wrong with me? Attitude. Uh, last year, I was at Notre Dame giving a speech, and um, 
I uh, come across a family. This is interesting. He failed out of Notre Dame his freshman year. I happened to be there when his mother got the news because she flew in from uh, New York, kind of sitting with her son, consoling him, but very upset. I just happened to see that before my speech, and I'm looking at Tommy and his mother. I don't know if it was Tommy at the time, but he had something I connected to. He had a big bingo bout hat on. So I walked over to him and said, hey, guys, you in the bingo bouts? He said, yeah. And the mother says, well, Tommy's got a problem. I said, what's the problem? This is Tommy, and I'm his mother. I said, oh, I'm glad to meet you. I just saw the bingo bout hat. I, I was in the bingo bouts, and I just wanted to connect. He said, well, Tommy's failing out of Notre Dame. He just got a failure, and they're letting him go. I said, really? So what are you going to do about that, Tommy? He says, I don't know. I said, I know what you're going to do. How bad do you want to go to Notre Dame? He says, I do. And the mother says, well, he got straight A's in high school, perfect SAT, captain of his hockey team, and Tommy failed Notre Dame. How could he do that? I said, don't worry about why he did it. So let's figure out how we could fix it. He failed. That was it. So there's an answer and a solution to this. She says, what's that? I said, it's easy. Tommy, I'm going to ask you one question, and we'll go from there. How's that? Said, and the mother said, ask him. I said, do you want Notre Dame? He said, yes. Okay, you're going to go back to the guy your counselor, and to the dean, and you can ask them, what do you need to do to get back? That's it. And they're going to see that you want to get back. They're going to tell you what to do. Then I'll step forward and make a call. Where are you guys from, New York? Yes, I have a friend that's athletic director at Long Island, New York. I'll make a phone call so you can work there because you're going to need a job, and you're going to take a couple classes there, and you're going to find out what classes you need, if that's the case. Take those courses get the good grades, get back in. That's the game plan. It's real simple. You're complicating it, ma'am. You're complicating it for Tommy. He failed, so he failed. What was the purpose? COVID, all right? So we know the purpose. Now we have to solve it. That's how I talked to her. I just got this text the other day. Hi, Rudy, it's Tommy. I hope you're doing well. I was re readmitted into Notre Dame a couple of months ago and was able to take two Notre Dame summer classes online. I was waiting until I completed the classes to text you because I wanted to tell you my grades. I got a B in the first class and A in the other one. And this helps to bring my GP up a lot. I also enjoyed interning for Dr. Martinoff until the end of the school year. was able to help out with a lot of hockey, baseball, and lacrosse games. So thank you so much for that connection. Now I'm interning for Lee Zeldin, who is running for governor in New York. How about that? Thank you so much for your encouragement and kindness when I met you. I cannot wait to be back at Notre Dame. Now, that was a God moment. And that's how Rudy happened. You've got to make these moments happen by moving forward through your failures. Otherwise, I don't know. I don't think you ever got back to Notre Dame if I wasn't there. Yeah, his mother never asked him, do you want to go to Notre Dame? Do you want to be? She, she would say, how'd you get fed? How could you do this? You know? <laughs> Rudy, it seems like so much of your success came from not only resilience. I think obviously we, we see that, you know, getting up, trying it over and over again. But being willing to ask questions, make the bold request, and also relationships. I see that like so many times I've seen it in the movie and in the documentary and in our conversation. Like you ask the question, 
You know, what can I do? What do I need to do? And you build relationships. Is that right? Well, absolutely. And I had Tommy come to my speech too that day. And I said, just listen to what I'm saying. And you take it from there, right? Watch this. He, he got the message, right? And, and the message was real simple. Tommy, you got to do simple things in your life. Develop some habit that you need to do. And the habits are something you don't like to do sometime. And here, here's what he says. After the speech, here's what he got out of it. Thank you so much for your encouragement and kindness when I met you. I cannot wait to be back at Notre Dame this fall and to work hard to being successful there. P.S. I made my bed every day since I met you and barely ever did before then. I said, your first success when you get up, like when I was in it, I had to make my bed. That started off the process of doing something you don't want to do that you need to do in order to make your first success step. Now you got your first success step. What's your next? Step by step, Tommy, do the little things first. You're jumping to the final. You haven't done the first step yet. Make yourself feel good, you know, and he understood that. And that's what he got out of the speech, by the way. Something that simple could change a mindset. That's how the Navy changed my mindset because I start feeling good about Rudy. No one was criticizing me again or put me down or bullying me. If you're not around that, you start feeling good about yourself. That's why I told time you got to get around people who encourage you, who empower you. And that's why I sent him to Long Island University, to my friend, Dr. Martinoff, because he's that type of guy. So that helped him. Now he's on this next level. Next, You don't know. Look, he's a smart kid, good kid, great kid, great mother, great dad, but they're trying to figure out how to tell his father that he was failing out of Notre Dame. I said, well, that's a hard one, but, it's, but you know, just tell your dad what you're going to do and, and go from there. So my whole point is a lot of failure and disappointments, and that's part of life. I'm sure you've been through them as well. So you got accepted to Notre Dame, and... You know, after, you know, multiple attempts, multiple failures, you built relationships, you made the bold requests and you get accepted. Now, th this is only step one of the two step impossible dream. And the second step is to make it onto the football team. You're too small. You're not athletic enough. You're not anything enough. You're not anything what they're looking for. They're ranked number one in the country. And you continue on to pursue the dream and, and you make contact with Coach Persegan decision I made was to contribute, not to be a star or a starter. But I had to think like a star, think like a starter, and practice like a starter in order to contribute. So that's the mindset I had, because once I understood I'm not chasing a dumb dream, I'm chasing a real dream, being part of something good and contributing. That, to me, made more sense than trying to be a starter or be this or be that. I'm no star. I know that. I'm not guy you're looking for, but I can contribute. And that's what I bought into. And that's where the power came from that moment, because you practice hard. You gave all your effort, because when you're in that moment, you got to give your effort for a couple of reasons. One, you don't want to get hurt. <laughs> and two, you're working hard to make yourself better. And if you get better each day, you don't know where you're going to end up. So I tried to get better each day at practice so I can contribute. That was my mindset. They never even considered me for a practice squad. You're a practice dummy holder. 
is what you are. And by the way, you don't get gold pants either, like the other guys. You have to earn your gold pants. Today you got your gold pants, and the day you got your helmet painted is the day you made the team. What I mean by that, you only make the team when they paint your helmet to dress for a game, and they put your name on that jersey. And that's a big goal for me, but hey, it was entitled to the other athletes that already had their helmet painted, you know, and their name on their jersey. And they got the dress. Then that NCAA rule came in, only 60 guys could dress instead of 110. You know, so that, again, you had to start her over. And that's part of life, too. Sometimes you need to start her over. But don't give up on your goal. But you need mentors in your life and friends in your life to keep you going. You can't do this alone. You can't do this alone. You need coaches and mentors, just like what you do. for. You need to coach people through their tough times. And, and that's what I had. And so you get to know Coach Parsegan, and he promises you a chance to dress. And then he leaves. I didn't know him that well. I just confronted him at the door as he walked in his office. Hey, I'm Rudy Rudiger, man. I was in the Navy. I'm going to try out for your football team. So you were in the Navy? I said, yes, sir. Where'd you serve, son? I told him the Great Lakes, the Mediterranean. He said, I was in the Navy, too. When you get in, you come and see me. That was it. Was there a point when he promised you an opportunity to dress? He promised all seniors. So that was me, too. Quick interruption. Hey, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to get the notes, quotes, and links in the action plan from this episode. Just go to jimharshawjr.com slash action. That's jimharshawjr.com slash action to get your free copy of the action plan. Now back to the show. For the listener, everybody's seen the movie. You've got to get the documentary as well. It's on Amazon Prime and maybe some other places too, but it's a fascinating behind-the-scenes look at not only this journey, but the journey we're going to get into next after football and after Notre Dame, which is another story in itself. You have this opportunity to dress, you hope, right? It's promised to the seniors. And then Coach Parsegan leaves, and the NCAA says only 60 get to dress and not 110. That's not you. So there it goes. The dream has crumbled again. This is yet another like the thousandth roadblock. Yeah, that's a reason to quit, right? Why am I going to practice? This is stupid. Rudy, you made a commitment to contribute. You had to be reminded about that. So because of that, remember I said you need friends to remind you of what you need to do instead of looking back at how I failed. Of course you failed. The whole system failed you just now. That doesn't mean you quit. That's life, bro. Just get back out there. That was told to me in different terms and different words, but in the movie, we made it more polished. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so anyhow, you don't know this. You don't know if you're earning respect from other players. You don't even know what players think of you because you don't ask them, hey, do you like me? What do you think? You know, but they respected you. I earned their respect. One, the captain of the team went into the, our defensive coordinator, Coach Anto, and he went in a Coach Devine, I'm sure, to get this. And then he came back, yeah, we'll get get one guy to give up his uniform with Pat Sarb, who gave up his uniform. So I got the dress. And it was just one of those things you never thought you would get there, but you never gave up on, I call the preparation in your mindset. Don't give up within. That's when it goes south. If you don't give up, you don't know what's going to happen. And you finally get word that you're going to dress for the final game. What was it like? What was that like telling your family, telling your dad, telling your brothers? 
I just called my brothers, tell mom and dad, and that was it. And they took care of the rest. And uh, first, the, my one brother got confused. He thought I was playing for Notre Dame when I was at Holy Cross. He didn't understand. We had an inner hall football, <laughs> tackle football <laughs> at Notre Dame. So each hall competed against each other, and our hall competed against the other halls. You thought that's what you were talking about when you said you get to play. Yeah, and also, too, it got me prepared for at least back into the football tackle because I haven't played football in years. But anyhow, a lot of those kids were all Americans in high school that you're playing against. It's a pretty big deal at Notre Dame. Plus, you get the hand-down equipment from the university's football team, varsity football, and they hand it down when they get new stuff. So you get the old stuff to wear. But that's okay. And it was good. It was good preparation. You make it. You get the dress. You get carried off. And the sports writer said, this only happens in Hollywood. What I just witnessed, that was a seed planted. And when that seed was planted, what do you do with that seed? But what do you do after you play at Notre Dame and then you graduate? What do you do? I didn't even know what I was going to do after I graduated. I had no idea. All I wanted to get through that, get the degree and get through Notre Dame football. That was it. I didn't have no future goals. I didn't want to be a doctor, a lawyer, a bookkeeper, nothing. I thought I was going to die going to heaven. Maybe that was it. And, you know, you got to go to work, Rudy. So I went and sold insurance. And because of that, I learned a lot more about failure <laughs> and, you know, getting rejected. And all of a sudden I see the movie Rocky and inspired me. So the movie came into reality because of that seed that was planted Maybe that guy's right. Maybe I should go make a movie. So I go out to Hollywood, get beat up for eight years, and go to Notre Dame, and Notre Dame just rejected me. We are not going to do another movie here. We already done our movie, and I never gave up on the movie. Uh, so I meet a hotel manager after the final rejection from Notre Dame on the movie, and he says, you need to, this is the ninth year into the deal. Notre Dame athletic department asked me never to talk about this movie. Don't talk about our, to our athletes about this movie, or we will not allow you on campus and we will bar you from this university, period. I had to sign the letter, but that didn't stop me. I said, these are bozo guys. They're a bunch of bozos, but you can't tell them that, right? You can, but it doesn't usually work out well. <laughs> Wait a minute. What, what are you talking about? Yes, I could talk to that kid about anything I want to talk about. You know, they're looking at me. You're not part of this lore of Notre Dame. You real why? You think because you made a tackle, you're somebody? They didn't get the message. All I wanted to do was talk to these kids and relieve the stress that they had at the university of being an athlete and calm them down and, you know, talk to them and get them in the right mindset. So that's where it's at. It all pays off, by the way. I just think the movie idea was so far-fetched to Notre Dame, and then it became so far-fetched for me, but I kept watching other movies, and I kept getting empowered. Hoosiers, Field of Dreams, movies like that kept telling me, keep going. So I needed that inspiration, too. It's such a far-fetched thing to go out to Hollywood and make my movie. For what? <laughs> what did you do? I made a tackle. Who cares, right? But the number one storied football program in the country is Notre Dame. So that's a hook. But Notre Dame didn't like me using that hook. They didn't trust Hollywood. So that's why they barred me. So the hotel manager asked me if I would meet with his brother. I said, yes. That's why relationships are. I met with his brother, and his brother 
loved the idea of making a movie. I didn't know he was part of the movie Hoosiers. And then he said, I'm going to set you up with the writer of Hoosiers, but you need to go out to California and meet him. Would you do that? I said, yes, set it up and I'll go out there. So there I go with a second hope. Now, now you got new hope. At least I could talk to a guy I've been looking for for years. Now I can go meet this guy. And I go out there and he doesn't show up for the meeting. And that's why you sold insurance to understand what no shows are about. And But you don't give up. You walk outside. And you have to tell your friend, just relax. I'll be back. So where are you going? I said, I'm going to go find him. He says, you're crazy. So I go, <laughs> I see a mailman. And he's, and all I did to the mailman was thank him for his energy and his smile. And he, and he asked, where are you from, man? No one's ever thanked me. I said, oh, I'm from Indiana, Illinois. He said, I'm from Michigan. The mailman says we connected because we're Midwest guys. He told me why he's happy by being out there. So I thanked him for that energy. So why are you out here? I told him I'm trying to make a movie. He said, oh, I hear that all the time. What's your story? I told him he liked it. He says, come on, follow me. I know where this guy lives. After I told him who I was meeting with, took me to his house. And that's how the movie Rudy kind of started until I met the guy, knocked on his door, and he says, I'm not interested in doing another sports story, and I hate Notre Dame. And I says, well, you're late for lunch. <laughs> And he says, well, I'm not going to talk about no movie. He was really nice, but matter of fact, I said, come on, let's go to lunch anyhow. Built a relationship where never talked about the movie. Two years later, he's commissioned to write the movie, Rudy. How does that happen? Because there was a guy at Columbia Pictures who wanted a sports movie. So he called the guys from Orion Pictures who did Hoosiers, and one of the producers was part of that. So he was part of the Angelo David Ansbach team. And he was one of the guys that got a two-movie deal from Columbia Pictures. And he happened to graduate from Michigan State, this guy. And he was a walk-on on the football team. And he said, you guys got any sports movies? I got $25 million to do one. And the guy said, well, let's talk to the guys from Hoosier, see if they have any ideas. Now, see, a bold move pays off. If I didn't make that move or go out and say, I'm not giving up. I would never met Angelo. Angelo will never tell him the story to the president of Columbia Pictures, and he said, I want to see this movie. I can't wait to see it. So it took him about five minutes to get it approved. So they came and start writing the screenplay. There's more to it than this, but Notre Dame did not know we were writing the screenplay. And when they greenlighted the screenplay, they were ready to go. Then the guy who approved the movie got fired. So everything that we had went to the basket. Another old black, so we had to go over to the sister company, TriStar, and the guys approved it right away. So now we, we're on, we're off, we're off, we're on, and all that. But this is where you get to keep believing and don't give up. And so I flew out to California, got with the team. We made it happen at that point. And then I had to go get Notre Dame's approval. When I told them we don't have their approval, they gave me 48 hours, and I got the approval. Everything's timing. You had roadblock after roadblock after roadblock. Failure after failure after failure. But I say to you, failure, I don't like failure, but you learn from failure. And it's just fun to know that when you work through this, you helped other people. Kobe Bryant was inspired by the movie, Rudy. Who would know that? Who would ever think Kobe Bryant, he got the... Real simple, powerful message. Go to YouTube, USC, Kobe Bryant, Rudy, and you'll see what he says. 
It's pretty powerful. When he was 16 years old, he got the he kept watching Rudy over and over again. His film was important to him and empowered him to be that person. And he wouldn't be in the NBA if it wasn't for the movie Rudy, he says. And he saw me at a, a L.A. Laker game because my daughter was singing the national anthem. He came over to me. Are you Rudy? This is during warm-ups. I said, yeah. The real Rudy? I said, yeah. I said, oh, my God. Is this, who's this, your son? I said, yeah. I said, my daughter's going to sing the national anthem. He says, I know we heard. Everyone knows you're here. I said, wow. He says, if it wasn't for your movie, I wouldn't be here. I said, really? And he told me the reason. I said, that's pretty cool, man. You know, you just don't know. And there's other examples of that, too. Just like Tommy, you know. They didn't know what to do. What to do is you go to the people who got you out and ask them what more you need to do. Tell you're coming back, man. <laughs> How did your life change after the movie came out? It changed before the movie came out. It changed when I got out of the Navy. It just got better. You start thinking more positive and you start looking at things more positive and you didn't look at rejection as negative. You looked at it as lessons learned. What habits do you feel have really set you apart? I mean, is it the things that we already talked about, the building, the relationships? Obviously, the resilience underlies all of this, but making the bold request. Get yourself in order first. Like, Tommy, get yourself in order. Make your bed, man. Then take it to the, go brush your teeth, take a shower, keep your room clean. Then do the other, if you want to play hockey, you go work out, build yourself up. If you want to continue at Notre Dame, you got to go study, do the hard stuff. Do that stuff and play later and work now habits. For the listener who's sitting there thinking, I get it, Rudy, this is inspiring. I've seen your story. Now I've heard it straight from you. Is there an action item that you can recommend that somebody can do in the next 24 to 48 hours to start moving toward their goals and their dreams? Get rid of your goofy thinking by getting rid of your goofy friends. I grew up in the 60s. You think it's tough now. I should have grew up in the 50s and 60s. It's all fake. It's an illusion what they're telling you. Just know it is. Just work through the tough times. Yeah, there's some tough times. Well, my parents went through tough, but they made it. Everything's, you know, you have to recycle yourself. Rudy, it's been an honor getting to talk to somebody who has inspired Millions upon millions, including some of the greats like Kobe Bryant. So thank you for making the time. You too, Jim. You're, you're a champion for sure. So thanks and keep doing what you're doing, bro. And let's make a quick addendum here for my wrestling fans who are listening. I was a wrestler, as you know. Wrestling runs deep in the Rudiger family. Yeah, we got five brothers who are NCAA champions, All-Americans, four-time state champions, or once they coach, their teams became state champions. And the head coach at Michigan is one of the products. Yeah, Sean Bormet. Well, yeah, your brother coached him, right? Yeah. And uh, we're in the family of the Dan Gable family. Think about that. <laughs> so we got some, some roots in there. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Rudy, thanks for making time. God bless you, my bro. See you, Jim. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you want to apply these principles into your life, Let's talk. You can see the limited spaces that are open on my calendar at jimharshawjr.com slash apply, where you can sign up for a free one-time coaching call directly 
with me. And don't forget to grab your action plan. Just go to jimharshowjr.com slash action. And lastly, iTunes tends to suggest podcasts with more ratings and reviews more often. You would totally make my day if you give me a rating and review. Those go a long way in helping me grow the podcast audience. Just open up your podcast app if you have an iPhone, do a search for success through failure, select it, and then scroll the whole way to the bottom where you can leave the podcast a rating and a review. Now, I hope this isn't just another podcast episode for you. I hope you take action on what you learned here today. Good luck and thanks for listening.